1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's now time to enter the sports zone with your host, Bob Kemp. Chiefs have two timeouts. Bills have two timeouts. Allen fires it down the field and incomplete. Wow, this will be the play. If the Bills end up losing this game, it'll come back to this one. 44 yards pass. No, he doesn't make it. Wide right. Wow. The two most dreaded words in Buffalo have surfaced again. Purdy in some trouble. Got room to run if he wants it. He's going to take it. Purdy inside the 10 and diving near the 6. They're going to put him down at the 5 and right near a first down. If they get a fresh set of downs. McCaffrey. McCaffrey scores! 49ers in front! Well, now you got to really question not using a timeout. Much on defense. Second and two. Gibbs. Good move in the open field. Gibbs accelerates. Gibbs to the end zone. He's in for the touchdown! Sixth year man is the second tight end. Goff looking. St. Brown. End zone! Touchdown Detroit! This is the most aggressive blitz-wise D'Amico Ryans has been as a defensive play caller in the NFL. Two years in San Francisco, his first in Houston. He's watching Lamar Jackson take it in. Touchdown, Ravens. For this Texans defense, now second and one. Jackson, end zone, likely for the touchdown. Aggressive. Extra pass. Book on the kick. Durant with a shot. Bucket. Phoenix back in front. He's got a 40 piece. On that end of the floor in the first early minutes of the second half. And the length is so apparent. Collins catch and shoot. It's another three for the spark plug for Arizona State. He's got eight in the second half and a timeout USC. And now he's up to 19. Larson to the goal. Cruz is in for two. One point game again. Dial 602-260-1060. That's 602-260-1060. Or tweet the show at KDUSAM1060. And now, here's your sports zone guide, Bob Kemp on KDUSAM1060. Welcome to the Monday, January 22nd edition of the Sports Zone. Not just the news and scores, the news and scores with analysis. In today's Sports Zone, right here on KDUS AM 1060 and KISS Lux HD 2 100.7, the Bills, will they ever get over the postseason hump? Meanwhile, the 49ers, should they be concerned about Brock Purdy's shaky performance? The Lions, what are you most impressed about? The Ravens was their reason for concern at halftime. The Sun Devils, actually the Suns, the Sun Devils, and the Wildcats, what stood out during their 4-0 weekend. And what else caught your eye since our last show? 
Here's today's schedule lineup on the show, which is the most informative sports talk Monday through Friday in moments with the introduction of today's pipeline. 10-15 or so NFL divisional playoff analysis with Frank Schwab from uh, Yahoo Sports. Uh, 10-30 or so to be interactive action, 602-260-1060, also some local roundup. Uh, have plenty of uh, Suns analysis from the weekend, Friday night and yesterday. Meanwhile, for the final segment of the sports zone, will be the national roundup that will include the latest line for the NFL Conference Championship Sunday games and also some rip from the headlines and from the wire. Then after the sports zone from 11 to 1 o'clock, it is the Extra Point hosted by Kale that will include a review of all four NFL Division Around playoff games. Right now, on to the pipeline we go. Time for today's Pipeline, where the host reveals the hot topics for discussion. And we start with the KDUS poll question at uh, KDUS1060.com. And today's question is, will the Bills and Josh Allen ever get over the play, uh, postseason hump, I should say? And uh, Kayla's here and has the early returns. Uh, we're in a 50-50 split between yes and no here on KDUS1060.com. The Bills and Allen now 0-3 and three in postseason matchups against the uh, Chiefs and one Patrick Mahomes after the Sunday Bills 27-24 loss. This time the game was in Buffalo. Today's ex-poll question is, should the 49ers be concerned about Brock Purdy's shaky performance in the win against the Packers? And once again, Kayla has the early returns. No, leading the way at 52.9% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 47.1% over on X at KDOS AM 1060. Purdy was frankly off frequently, he tried to say, off target, but he was 6 out of 7 in the final game-winning 69-yard touchdown drive in the 24-21 win. Meanwhile, the Lions, they were better than the Bucks. Uh, I know the game was tied at 10 and 17, etc., but uh, the Lions, after it was 17-17, responded against the injury-depleted Tampa secondary, and the Lions scored two fourth-quarter touchdowns at that point. What most impressed you during the Lions' victory over Tampa? Lamar Jackson broke through. He ran for two touchdowns. He threw for two more. And uh, Jackson is headed into the AFC Championship game for the first time in his career. Was there reason for concern when the Ravens were tied at halftime against the Texans? Meanwhile, on the local front, there was certainly good basketball weekend statewide. The Suns won twice, while the Sun Devils and Wildcats defeated the Los Angeles schools. What stood out during the Sun Devils, Sun Devils and uh, Wildcats winning weekend, unbeaten weekend? Also, in addition to all these excellent questions and topics, what else caught your eye uh, since our last show, which was all the way back to last Friday? That is the pipeline for today. We've got all these tremendous topics and much more during today's sensational radio program. Anything else in your mind falls into the general discussion category, so whether it's from the pipeline or a sports topic on your mind, 602-260-1060. Or you can tweet the show at x.com slash KDUSAM1060. Basically, the only rules are accuracy and objectivity. If you violate those rules or if you're just simply bad, you will be the target of this. Coming up.
Coming up next, Corey, we'll have a news update. That'll be followed by NFL divisional playoff analysis and time pending. We might get a little bit into the uh, NFL championship Sunday, the conference championship Sunday games. All that with Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports, who's scheduled to join us in the next segment. Also, once again, at the bottom of the hour, it'll be phone call time. Some general discussion at that point, 602-260-1060. Also, uh, we'll get to some... Uh, some uh, local roundup, including plenty on the Suns from the weekend and time pending. Some ASU and U of A basketball from the weekend, as I mentioned, during the pipeline. Undefeated weekend for those teams, uh, going 4-0 and zero at the Suns, 2-0. and zero. And the Wildcats and the Sun Devils taking care of business on Saturday. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Castlex HD 2 100.7. Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to the Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and KS Lux HD 2 100.7. You're home to the Dan Patrick Show live Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 a.m. NFL, the uh, divisional playoff weekend was filled with drama. We expected drama. We got probably even more than maybe we bargained for. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports by Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. And Frank, let's start with what we last witnessed. What was your initial reaction after the latest Chiefs and Bills drama? I just feel bad for the Bills, feel bad for their fans. Uh, you know, I mean, they just can't get over the hump. And it's, you know, I, the margins are just so slim in the NFL, right? That you know, one play, one one outcome can just change a legacy, right? And mm-hmm. that this Bills team, you know, I mean, who lost on the 13 seconds game, lost on this game when they had a field goal wide right, a very close game. You know, and this team might never make a Super Bowl. It's it's not like their windows closed. They still have Josh Allen and a pretty good roster, but all these opportunities that you, you miss on just kind of pile up and all of a sudden you look up one day and you, you know, I mean, you, you, your windows closed. So I just, just overall, I just feel bad for the bills. I just, this is a very, very good team in the past few years that just, again, might never make a Super Bowl, And that just kind of stinks for those fans that have been waiting and waiting and waiting for this opportunity. And they finally got the chiefs at home. Uh, they lost yeah. again, and they've now lost, and they've been eliminated in the playoffs two straight years at home. So how should the Bills organization, how should they approach this offseason? And that's the thing. When, it, when you talk about windows and all that kind of stuff, I mean, the Bills are a good example that they don't have a lot of cap room. It's not like they could just go out there and, and spend and spend and, and fix all their issues. They're just going to pretty much have to run it back and hope that just next year is different, that Stefan Diggs plays better. And, you know, and Von Miller, you know, finds him found youth. And, yeah, whatever it shall be that would turn it for them. I mean, they had some unfortunate injuries. I'll get those guys back. There's not much they can do. They, they need to nail the draft. I, they need to probably find, you know, a couple more playmakers or receiver maybe. Uh, we've been talking about that for a while. But it's hard. It's 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 going to be difficult for them because they're paying a the quarterback so much money. That that's just kind of the oh, where you know a quarterback gets paid a lot and then it becomes really really tough to win a Super Bowl unless you're the Chiefs. So 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know what they do. I don't know how they get out of this rut. It's going to be very, very difficult for them based on just kind of their flexibility, their draft position, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't lend itself very well to, to having huge improvements to the roster. Speaking of the Chiefs, they're off to the AFC Championship game for a sixth consecutive season. Uh, this year, after an uneven regular season, uh, should the fact that they're going to the sixth consecutive conference championship game, should that actually be the NFL headline this morning? It should. It probably could be. I mean, we we like to talk about, I guess, the teams that come up short because, I mean, we're, we're going to have a plenty of time to talk about the Chiefs this week. But I, what they've done is absolutely impressive. I, I, it's, I mean, for Mahomes to go six for six in conference championship game appearances is is ridiculous. I, I mean, it's hard in the NFL. It is hard to maintain anything in the salary cap era. And we've seen, even this year, like you kind of mentioned, they – yeah, they weren't great all season. They they were good, but but far from great. They had their ups, they had their downs. It's even Travis Kelsey's play slipping a little bit at his age. The receivers were poor. They didn't, you know. I mean, it just was a slog for them for a lot of the year. Heck, they lost to the Raiders at home. But here they are. They find a way. They're just really, really well coached. Have a great quarterback, and sometimes that's just enough. I, I remember, you know, I mean, a few weeks ago I wrote. I, I think it was after the Raiders lost, actually. Like, let's not just count out this Chiefs team. Because when we get to the playoffs, you're going to say, who's the best coach, who's the best quarterback? And the answer to both of those might be Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And here they are. It, sometimes the NFL is just that easy, where if you're that good at those two positions, you're you're going to go a long way every year. And here the Chiefs are. It's, it's just it, it's a really impressive dynasty they're putting together. I still have one minor minor quibble with Andy Reid. Can we get him to maybe reduce the trick plays and give it to Isaiah Pacheco <laughs> and not McCall Hardiman? Yeah, he does like to get a little uh, a little too far down in the playbook, doesn't he? I mean, that, that does happen. And, yes, McCall Hardiman is just not somebody you want to be trusting near the goal line. Let's put it that way. So, yes, they, they do get a too, little too tricky for their own good at times, but – Whatever, it's 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 been a successful formula for them, so I'm not yeah. really uh, you know going to tell Andy Reid what to do because he's figured it out pretty well on his own. That would be true, but that was driving me nuts at the time, for sure. <laughs> All right, Frank Schraub from Yahoo Sports, currently in the sports zone. The 49ers on Saturday night rallied. Brock Purdy, who is a Valley, Phoenix area high school product, did not have a good game, uh, but delivered on the final drive. Uh, you know, basically uh, moving forward, though, uh, should the Niners be concerned about Purdy at all in the offensive line, which other than Trent Williams got whipped at the line of scrimmage in that game on Saturday night? Yeah, and I, you know, I, I'll give Purdy this: like, when when did it when it mattered most? He came up big. He made some huge plays. Uh, the run to set up Christian McCaffrey's touchdown, that was a big one. Some of the passes he made, no, he wasn't great for, you know, 55 minutes or whatever it was. But sometimes you just need to be great for one drive, and he was. <laughs> That's saying something about him. I mean, he could have he folded in that spot. Uh, he's, you know, not a guy with the pedigree of a Mahomes or, or Josh Allen or something like Lamar Jackson. And he came up big when he had to, and I, I tip my cap to that, that, that he was able to – just shrug everything off that had happened up to that point and put together the one drive they needed. So, yeah, the offensive line stuff is, is concerning. They're going to have to deal with Aiden Hutchinson and a Lions team that's really fired up. But I think this 
I, I don't. The 49ers seem more beatable to me than they did a week ago, but I still don't know if the Lions are a team to go in there and win. I, I just the 49ers team when they're clicking is really, really good, and maybe they just got their bad game out of the way, knocked the rust off a little bit. That could be a thing when you have a bye. I mean, we saw it in baseball playoffs. I mean, I know it's not apples to apples, but when you take time off, and the 49ers basically had two weeks off because they rested everybody in Week 18, sometimes that catches up to you a little bit with a Packers team that was hot. I was playing basically playoff games every week for a month. So I just kind of I want to just say – 49ers are fine. That was just their one bad game in the rain. They got it out of the way. They're going to be good going forward. But, you know, Brock Purdy, every game for him is going to be a referendum on him uh, on his career until he reaches, you know, the point where he's won a Super Bowl or maybe multiple time. He has a bad game. He's going to have those critics who say, he's not that good. See, I told you, he's just, he's just part of the system. And uh, until <laughs> it's not fair to him, but that's kind of the way it's going to be. And the only way he can quiet that is to – Keep winning and win a championship, and then what? What would anybody say after that? Yeah, I, I think the natural assumption is that the young Packers are going to automatically improve. But what's the organization need to do this off season to make sure that happens? I think they need to. Well, I think they need to change defensive coordinators, but. I just don't think Joe Barry's very good for them, and they should have changed him last year, but they'll probably stick with the status quo because they finished well and beat the Cowboys and almost beat the 49ers. They need to get better on defense. I think the offense is just fine. I think that maybe add another running back because Aaron Jones isn't going to be at this level forever. But what they've put together in the passing game between Love and all these good young receivers, that is a foundation they have that, that they can – they're in a good spot that they can worry about other things. They can worry about the defense. They don't have to worry about, oh, who's Jordan Love passing the ball to? No, you're set for that for the next few years. You can really use the drafted free agency to fill in the other gaps. The Lions uh, and the Buccaneers, I know that they were tied at 10 and tied at 17, but I never really thought that the Lions during that game weren't the better team. Was I looking at that game correctly? I thought the Lions were in some trouble. The Buccaneers are a feisty team, and, and they played well. And you look at the game. How much different is that game if, you know, there was that one sequence in the first quarter where a ball goes off Mike Evans' hands and gets intercepted, and then at the end of the Lions drive after that, Jamel Dean and their cornerback in the end zone has the ball hit him in the hands. I mean, yeah. two drop passes. Mike Evans catches one, and Jamel Dean catches one, and we might. But you might have been talking to me about the. Buccaneers a few minutes ago because they'd be heading to the NFC Championship game. Uh, it, it just, I think that the Lions, but you know, I, that was a, a good quality win for the Lions. And I think the one thing that really impressed me about it was they have a lot of pressure on them. And that, not just, you know, it's not just house money for them because they're the Lions and they've never been this far. No, I think that they understand the, the importance of this situation that. They've never been this far, and the home crowd's going crazy, and they're dying to see them make a conference championship game, make a Super Bowl. So there's a lot of pressure on them, and they're tied in the fourth quarter, and they just handle their business. Jameer Gibbs breaks a big play. Monrose Brown has a couple huge plays, and, and they go on to win that game. I think it said a lot about the Lions, where they're at as a franchise, that they weren't phased by playing a good, uh, tough-out Buccaneers team. They're in a game. They, they could have been trailing at that point, but they just kept their cool, won the game, moving on to San Francisco. Uh, they're, they're playing really well. They're confident, I'll tell you that. They they believe in their quarterback. They believe in what they're doing. They believe in their coach. Uh, 
it's a it's a pretty impressive Lions team, and I thought that just you know, I mean, some people probably do say, "Yo, it's just the Buccaneers, nine and eight, won the NFC South, whatever." I have a lot of respect for that Buccaneers team. They have some good players, and for the Lions to maintain, get it done in the fourth quarter, I thought was a really, really good step for them. You mentioned the quarterback. Jared Goff has been tremendous at home as a Lion, but how has Goff played at this level against the Rams and against the Bucks the last two weeks? I think he's just been. I, I think he's been very, very good. Uh, you know, not without any mistakes. I mean, again, he, he throws on an end zone interception. He threw it right to Jamel Dean, who just drops it. But overall, uh, he's just he he's he's that kind of quarterback who look. There's a there's a few guys on the planet who are just going to lift everybody on their shoulders and take an entire organization to the next level. Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, probably Josh Allen, guys like that. You know, there's the five six guys. Then there's that tier of guys who. Hey, if the situation's right, you can win a lot of games with him. Jericho's been to a Super Bowl before. He's he's played at this level before, and I think that that he's gaining confidence. He's playing really well. He can't. He's had games where he's turned it over, and he can't do that. Like, I, if you want to beat the San Francisco 49ers, I think he needs to play a clean game. He really does. But I also think he's capable of that. I they have a lot of playmakers on that offense, and uh, yeah, if you just have a a, a clean game from Goff. I think you're going to be in that game until the end. So, But I, I think he's played very, very good ball. I think Detroit has really embraced him and what he is and, and really a, a guy who was discarded and, and left for dead basically by the Rams. It, it's pretty impressive. The Jared Goff story, like the Lions story itself, is just one of the more one of the cooler stories of this uh, postseason. Absolutely, no question. Talking with Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. The Ravens, apparently after an inspirational halftime talk from uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, continued and really dominated in the second half against uh, probably the not-ready-for-postseason Texans at this point. But at halftime, was there some thought that, uh, that the playoff Lamar may not get over that playoff hump that we were just talking about previously with the Bills? He'd be gone. Okay, not not Lamar. He's not gone. They're still playing. But uh, we'll try to hook up with Frank again. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, as I mentioned in the pipeline today, Lamar Jackson tied at halftime. I didn't mention that uh, he apparently lit into his team, and he mentioned in the postgame press conference with not some some uh, less than uh, you know language that he he was re, he refused to talk about at least immediately and publicly in the uh, in the post game presser, uh, but he lit into his team and they certainly responded in the second half of that game and uh, took care of the business against the Texans in the second half. So you know I certainly thought at halftime you know the you know, looked like that uh, there's no question that the, uh, the the Ravens to some extent were can really surprised and why wouldn't you be. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's 59% uh, blitz, which was the highest percentage of blitz uh, that he'd ever used in his defensive coordinator days in San Francisco. And he's still calling the defensive signals as the head coach in the Texans. And uh, that was a big surprise or big change philosophy-wise. And it worked for a half, but then uh, certainly in the second half, the, uh, the Ravens definitely figured that out. And um, apparently we're not going to be able to catch up with Frank. At least we haven't been maybe not sure what's going on that. Okay, so I'm just going to wrap up the segment here, Kayla. Uh, get into a couple other quick things. I want to definitely – the one thing I was going to ask him other than just the, 
were there were there concern at halftime that uh, was the Ravens were tied at the half considering the Lamar postseason history with the Ravens. The other thing is defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. Uh, he was at Michigan uh, with uh, the other Harbaugh uh, for a while, and then he's down to the second year defensive coordinator with the Ravens, and their defense has been the best in the NFL this season. Uh, he's done a lot of different things than uh, you know Wink Martindale did before. Less blitz. They still blitz some, but they don't have to blitz as much. I think that's part of the deal because their front seven has been so good, especially their front four getting to the quarterback. So I think that McDonald should get be getting more credit here. I know he's getting some head coaching interviews. I wouldn't be surprised. If I were an NFL coach, uh, if it, excuse me, an owner looking for a head coach, I'm not so sure that McDonald would not be number one of my candidates of the assistant coaches. Obviously, we've got some established head coaches out there who have won championships that are you know currently uh, unemployed for whatever reason. Uh, so that, that would be one thing, but if I were looking for an assistant coach right now to immediately jump up and become a head coach, I think McDonald would be the first guy that I would definitely be, uh, be interested in. So we'll see what's going on with that. Also, uh, you know, one thing that's looking ahead and we'll talk about this, I'm sure throughout the week, uh, Debo Samuel went down in that game in the first half, maybe the first quarter, I don't know the exact time in front of me here when he went down with the, uh, with, you know, he left, left with a head injury at first, and then he came back in and unfortunately a shoulder injury. It's not as severe as the shoulder injury that sidelined him for some time during the regular season, uh, but he's uh, fifty to uh, reportedly 50-50 to, 50, 50 to play in the, the conference championship game this week. All right. Uh, we appreciate Frank Schwab's time. Sorry about the, you know, the the phone connection there, and he dropped off. But we got through most of it. We got all the way to the Ravens. So it's going to ask Frank one other quick thing. But uh, whether he has any early thoughts about the the upcoming championship weekend with the Lions against the Chiefs and uh, Lions against the uh, maybe I'm you know, a little Freudian slip there maybe Lions against the 49ers and the Chiefs against the Ravens. But you could read him at Yahoo Sports and find out his picks during the week. Yeah, there you go. A little pump there for Frank. All right, next segment will be phone call time. 602-260-1060, general discussion. With we'll some local roundup, that will include some items from the Suns weekend, uh, including uh, more so for me on Friday night than last night, which was kind of a joke in my opinion because you know you have one of the best five players this season in the NBA deciding or the uh, organization the Pacers organization deciding that uh, Tyrese Halliburton needed rest and uh, the Suns uh, so last night didn't really mean Jack to me quite frankly uh, but Friday night I thought was the most impressive half of basketball that the Suns have played this season and I'll explain why in the next segment. If you want to get in, though, general discussion, 602-260-1060, whether it's the NFL or anything else uh, from the pipeline or within reason, sports-related, 602-260-1060. HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2. It's time for today's local roundup. We're back to the sports zone with Bob Kemp on KDUSAM 1060 and KSLX HD2 100.7.
In addition to the local roundup, it is phone call time. If you want to get in, we got a little extra time in this segment. If you'd like to jump aboard, 602-260-1060. Whether it's the NFL or the basketball weekend, then the uh, statewide approach or whatever, uh, 602-260-1060. All right, let me zip to at least some local roundup here. Let's start with the Suns. They've won five consecutive games which uh, many around the Valley and the NBA are now believing again in the Suns if they had fallen off the, the ship there for a while. Uh, the Suns' last three wins uh, were the miracle comeback rally to beat the Kings, the Friday night blowout win at New Orleans, and last night's win over the Pacers. To me, the Kings and the Pacers' wins were irrelevant. Uh, the Kings were playing a fifth game and a five-game road trip, third game in the last five nights of that road trip, they were out of gas by the time they got to the fourth quarter. The Suns definitely made some plays. Uh, and then last night, the Pacers, without Therese Halliburton, one of the best five players in the NBA this season, uh, he was not even on the floor. And the Suns had to rally in the fourth quarter after they blew the big lead to win the game. However, the Friday night win in New Orleans was you know, the most impressive win of the season this season, at least for me, the, by the Suns. The high-scoring Pelicans uh, had most of their best players, and the Suns played excellent defense. There's a term I haven't used, not just this season, but for a few years, quite frankly. Uh, really, for, since the 66-win team, of, uh, seems like 100 years ago, but three seasons ago now. There is zero question that the first half of Friday night was the best Suns defensive half of basketball this season. And it was, you know, it was, I think that part was bypassed by many uh, casual observers because Devin Booker had 23 points in the first quarter and he had 32 by halftime. Of course, he finished the game with 52. We've seen Booker have high scoring games before, but at no point this season have we seen the Suns play defense like it did against a good team and a, a good offensive team, especially. Uh, we haven't seen them play at that level since uh, you know two years ago, three seasons ago, uh, but they did that on Friday night. That was impressive. The Suns led the Pelicans 69 to 54 at halftime. They allowed just 28 and 24 points in the first two quarters in that game. They played uh, if they play defense like that with just occasional frequency, which has not been the case, but just occasionally did that, the defense, would not be a constant source of uh, criticism from me and others. Also on Friday night, Booker uh, basically you know, he was in shoot mode, and he should have been because he couldn't miss. But the Suns are a much much better passing team when he is in shoot mode. They had 32 assists on 42 made field goals in that game, which is an insane rate. You know, 32 assists is a lot in any game. Ever, at least uh, you know, in, the, in my, to my recollection, uh, 42 meet field goals is great, but 32 assists—that's tremendous. Usually, when you see high-scoring games like that, it's more free throws than it is actually field goals. Yusuf Nurkic, who's by the way the Suns' best true passer, actually had nine assists in this game on Friday night. Grayson Allen had six, and Bradley Beal had five. Uh, you know, Booker was uh, you know the finisher. And that's what he's best at, uh, as opposed to not being the point guard. 
and I mean, he was the point guard, and some of the, certainly you know, once he got on a roll, you know, he was just kind of like give Booker, give Booker the ball and get out of the way, uh, which was a smart move. That was what you should do. But once again, I think the Suns are better off when he's finishing and not really trying to create for others. Let's put it that way. Up next, the Suns tonight host the 21 and 23 Bulls, who are unfortunately expected to be without Zach Levine. Uh, because of an ankle injury. Now, some like myself, raising my hand here, trust me, uh, think that the Bulls might be better off without Zach Levine, and they're trying to trade him, but there are some teams that are just not interested, apparently, including the Lakers. And I can understand that because I'm not a big Zach Levine fan. I think he's among the most selfish players in the NBA, and I actually thought about uh, thought that for the first time when I saw his selfishness on full display here against Arizona State during his college career at UCLA. All right, speaking of ASU, after a slow start, they ran away from the shorthanded USC Trojans on Saturday night. The Sun Devils, four-and-a-half-point favorites, ended up winning by 15, 82-67 in that game. By the way, the Suns, after the Halliburton injury last night was revealed and he was going to play, uh, went from four-point favorites to six-and-a-half to seven-point favorites in some games. That just shows you how much – that's a massive move in an NBA game point spread-wise because one dude's not playing. But that just shows you how good Halliburton has been and what the betting market actually acknowledges and thinks of him. Okay, back to ASU for a second. Uh, they were four-and-a-half-point favorites. They won by 15, 82-67. to uh, the Sun Devils scored eight straight to conclude the first half to lead 50, uh, excuse me, 43 to 36 before they just completely dominated the second half. The Sun Devils uh, continue to give away free points, however. Bobby Hurley, uh, after his players w- were whistled for three technical fouls in the Thursday night meltdown loss against UCLA, Hurley made a point with his players not to complain to the officials. So on Saturday in the first half of the game, Hurley was whistled for his own technical foul. During a stretch in which ASU was clearly getting every borderline questionable call on their side, it was just kind of bizarre. You know, it was you know, it was a bad call. I don't understand. I understand he wasn't happy about that, but almost everything was going ASU's way at that point. As far as the you know the so-called 50-50 questionable calls from the officials, and he got teed up after he instructed his players for I'm sure two days to tone it down and shut up. Uh, so that was a little disturbing, but whatever. Uh, the second half they dominated Frankie Collins, who's got to be in the running for yeah I'm not joking here. He's got to be in the running for the Pac-12 Player of the Year. I mean, he's been incredible. And, you know, if the coaches vote on this, which I think they do, uh, they should, uh, he's a tremendous defensive player, and coaches love defensive players. Collins on Saturday night finished with 17 points, seven assists, and six steals. As I mentioned, uh, he should be a Pac-12 Player of the Year candidate. He absolutely has to be the Defensive Player of the Year in the conference. Meanwhile, ASU, uh, when it's playing its uh, best, is you know, basically playing really great defense. And that was the case again. And they are tremendous uh, forcing turnovers and turning turnovers into points, which they need because ASU is not a good half-court offensive team. 
On Saturday, ASU scored 24 points off of USC turnovers in that game. Uh, the uh, points off turnovers, as I mentioned, is a necessity because they're just not a good half-court offensive team. Then we've got so many. You know, we've got a, a huge sample size now with all these games being played during the season or since like early November. They're not going to become a magical half-court good team for the rest of this season. It's just not going to. They don't shoot well enough. They don't have enough guys that pass the ball well enough uh, other than Collins. Uh, maybe yeah, let's stay, stick with Collins on that. Uh, so there's that. By the way, also should be pointed out that USC uh, got obviously got swept by the Arizona schools, but they've now lost nine out of 12 games. Basically, for the most part, without two of their best players, Isaiah, they're really their two best players, Isaiah Collins and also Boogie Ellis. They're, uh, they've now missed multiple games because of injury. And another key player, uh, Jordan Morgan for USC is missed some games because of illness. He did come back and play the Arizona games, the Arizona trip. He played against the UVA and played against uh, ASU. He's not playing his usual allotment of minutes because he's coming off of the illness. The bottom line is that ASU took care of business after the disaster Thursday night game against UCLA. And uh, you know, even though that UCLA game pretty much eliminates any chance of ASU becoming an NCAA tournament team is in a large bid. I think that ASU, to make the NCAA tournament, is going to have to win the Pac-12 tournament. Meanwhile, up next, the Sun Devils hit the Oregon Trail. Uh, Oregon on Thursday and Oregon State on Saturday. The U of A, still unbeaten at home. It was a struggle. They were down 19 to UCLA. Uh, the UVA rallied to win 77 to 71. UVA was favored by 17 and a half in this game. Uh, seldom did you think in the first 40 minutes of the game, uh, excuse me, 35 minutes of the game, 40 minute game, 35 minutes of the game that they were going to win. It was the fourth time this season. This is a disturbing trend, however, that the the UVA's trailed a game by 10 points. It was the first time that they really rallied. The first time they rallied to win any of those games, uh, so that was you know, nice that they got over the hump there. But if this game weren't at home, they would have lost this one. Pella Larson was by far the best player on the floor: 22 points, four rebounds, three assists, 35 minutes. He also provided uh, provided many clutch uh, plays, really at the both, but really both ends of the floor. This after he had a horrible defensive game the previous game or two previous games, excuse me, last weekend against Washington State when they lost in Pullman. Uh, he was excellent uh, at both ends of the floor in this game. Also, ASU, uh, excuse me, the U of A, I'll get this right, the U of A had tremendous uh, advantage in the uh, at the foul line in this game. UCLA has twi twice as many fouls as the U of A, 26 to 13. The U of A plus 13 at the free throw line. They were 25 of 29, UCLA 12 of just uh, 14 free throws in this game. In fact, Omar Balo, who's a 44% free throw shooter, at least before the game, he somehow made eight out of nine free throws in this particular game. One thing that continues to be a disturbing trend is that they don't get 50-50 loose balls, and this has been a problem really uh, throughout the Tommy Lloyd area. And really it was an, a problem at the end of the Sean Miller era, by the way, but 50-50 loose balls, the U of A seemingly doesn't get very many of those. So we'll see what happens uh, as far as that the rest of the season. That's another thing I think it's probably not going to change 
Uh, some of it has to do with they're not the quickest team in the world, uh, and sometimes just it's a quickness factor. Uh, they also aren't the most aggressive team sometimes, and that's a bad combination, and I think that leads to the fact that they don't get a ton of loose balls. The bottom line on Saturday, though, is the U of A was actually fortunate to win this game. And up next, uh, the Wildcats hit the Oregon Trail for the final time. This will be the last time I can use this Oregon Trail thing that I've used for like 20 years. Uh, they play Thursday night at Oregon State, and they play on Saturday at Oregon. All right, coming up next, we have a news update from Corey. That'll be followed by the conclusion of today's spectacular radio program with the National Roundup, including uh, the opening numbers and the updated numbers for NFL Conference Championship Sunday. And then time pending, we'll get to some from the wire and uh, rip from the headlines from the uh, last few days. You're listening to Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Kiss Lux HD2 100.7. Social information about KDUS AM 1060, try KDUS1060.com at KDUS AM 1060 on Twitter and Facebook.com slash KDUS AM 1060. It's time for today's National Roundup. Welcome back. Final segment of today's Sports Zone with Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060 and Cast Lux HD2 100.7. Start uh, with the latest line from NFL Conference Championship Sunday. And uh, let's start with the uh, 49ers against the Lions. The 49ers opened a six-and-a-half-point favorite. That's up to seven now. Total opened at 50-and-a-half, still sitting at 50-and-a-half at last look, which was just a few minutes ago. The Ravens, meanwhile, opened a three-point favorite against the Chiefs. Now the consensus is they're a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, total opened 45, down to 44-and-a-half. We'll obviously continue to update these numbers throughout the week. As far as tonight, in the uh, the Suns' latest line, I didn't have time. I basically forgot to get this to uh, in the last segment, so I'll do it now. Uh, the Suns and the Bulls tonight. Suns a five-point favor against the Bulls. Uh, total 229, and a, 229 uh, up to tw- uh, 229 and a half. I uh, would uh, favor the Suns laying the points tonight. Uh, even though they're playing consecutive games, I just don't think the Bulls are quite – they're not good. So, there you go. That's just uh, – my general opinion, I've watched a ton of the Bulls, quite frankly, but I've heard and read enough and seen enough highlights or lowlights that I just don't think they're very good. All right, we're from the headlines and from the wire. We'll see how much I can get in here to wrap up the segment here. The Falcons, after uh, you know, even after meeting with Bill Belichick twice, uh, they have two meetings now scheduled with John Harbaugh, and also they had another meeting with Mike Vrabel in recent days, so it's not just a Belichick uh you know, thing that they're dealing, uh, you know, uh, basically, you know, they're just not talking to Belichick. They're talking to others, too. And uh, there are obviously many qualified candidates out there. Cowboys owner Jerry Jones is reportedly not prepared to extend Mike McCarthy's contract, uh, which currently expires after the 2024 season. 
Meanwhile, the Raiders uh, definitely uh, made the popular choice amongst their players for sure. They removed the interim tag from former ASU assistant Antonio Pierce. Also, Pierce will have Marvin Lewis, who was also part of Herm Edwards' staff at ASU. Lewis will uh, remain in the Raiders organization. He was in that organization at least at the end of this past season. Meanwhile, the Eagles fired uh, defensive coordinator Sean Desai. Uh, and uh, they're going to apparently stick with head coach Nick Sirianni, even though I didn't really hear an official announcement on that. Meanwhile, the NFL, uh, supposedly some of peop- some teams in the NFL looking, as, uh, looking for offensive coordinators are definitely interested in Chip Kelly, who is still the head coach at UCLA, but they're looking at Kelly to be an offensive coordinator back in the NFL. There must be some interest from him or this wouldn't be a story that was reported by both of the major networks as far as TV yesterday. Meanwhile, also on the local front, not on the local front, excuse me, the player front, uh, the uh, the Buccaneers are looking to extend Baker Mayfield. Uh, This was reported before they played the game against Detroit yesterday. And I I know that Mayfield threw the interception in the game, but he actually, I thought, had a really good game. And uh, had the and a couple drop passes, he would have had an even better game. So we'll see what's going on with that. One other final note, the NCAA investigating the University of Florida program regarding their recruitment of Jaden Rashada, uh, who has since transferred to ASU uh, before the start of last year. And Rashada considered to be the ASU quarterback of the future. All right, next two hours, a lot more in the NFL. We'll go through the uh, – tremendous nfl divisional playoff round games and even the even the game that was not close in the end was tied at halftime so uh, plenty to talk about with kayla hosting of course more phone call time if you want to jump aboard 602-260-1060 this has been the sports with bob kemp thanks for listening